Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. I'm your host today for this week's podcast, Elise Meneker, and I'm joined, of course, by Marquee Sports Network multimedia producer Lance Brozdowski, really our minor league guru, Lance. Good to see you. You're out there working hard as always. Yeah, good to see you too, Elise. This is going to be exciting. We had a pretty good time down at Myrtle, shot some really good interviews and stuff. We're excited to see them on pregame, uh, comes pregame live. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm jealous of your backdrop because if people are wondering, <laughs> you are in Myrtle Beach. So you have the great field behind you. Um, you've been able to catch up with a lot of players there, one including last year's first round pick, Ed Howard, of course, uh, holding down shortstop there. And this is going to be a special podcast because not only do you have an interview with Howard, but you also spoke to his high school coach at Mount Carmel. Brian Hurry. So we're going to have all of that coming up in the Cubs weekly podcast, but Lance, you were also able to catch up with, like I said, some other players while you were down there, a couple in particular, Owen Casey and Christian Franklin, a couple of the Cubs top prospects. Um, so what can you tell me first, just about initial impressions of those guys? And why don't we start with Casey? Yeah, absolutely. Casey came over in the U Darvish trade, December, 2020, along with Reginald Preciado who's in complex league. And uh, he's a Canadian high school guy. So the Canadian circle of baseball is actually pretty tight from what I understand. I know a couple of people in there peripherally and stuff. So uh, he played for this team called Fieldhouse, which is apparently one of the elite uh, high school baseball teams there. And he's a really, really advanced hitter. I, I'm, I've kind of like charted and watched his last couple, uh, last three days of at-bats. And I think by far on the team, he's, he's produced the most competitive at-bats. He's getting the five, six pitches per AB, regardless of pitcher left or right, which is important because he's a left-handed hitter. So I think everyone assumes that you have a little bit of struggle against lefties as a lefty. Um, I'm extremely impressed with the approach. We've got a really good 10-plus-minute uh, demo with him where we just talk through everything in his swing from his hands to he has like this little bit of – I don't want to call it a hitch, but he has like a little slight hitch in his load and just kind of talking through like internal cues with him. He's just very cerebral and mindful of what he's doing in the box, and it manifests in his stats. He's walking over, I think, 20% of the time right now. Um, his body's pretty advanced for a 19-year-old. Like, I, I don't expect, like, Kevin Alcantara, who's acquired in the Rizzo trade and some other, and even Preciado, I think those guys can put on a lot of poundage in complex league, and you'll see them develop. But Casey's just, he's just advanced. He's just matured physically. Um, and you're seeing that he had a home run last night, 105 miles per hour off the bat, dead center, left, left, sinker down and in. It's a really impressive ball. Like, I, I just, I'm excited to see his development. I have him fourth on my list, so it was good to get some, some prospect lists, get some validation on that. Um, get some validation from the scouts I talked to too that really liked him. And uh, he's, he's one of the more, I think, offensive impact potential bats at the major league level on the, in the system. I think a lot of other players were hoping for the bat to come, but I, I almost feel like it's almost already here for Casey. And it's a matter now of refinement through the minors. So really excited about him. And the other one is Christian Franklin, Arkansas kid. We primarily had that interview and talked through just the whirlwind last couple, a uh, couple months it's been for him in, Early June, he was in the Super Regionals against NC State with Arkansas. They lost, unfortunately. Um, a month after that, he was drafted by the Cubs uh, in the fourth round of the 2021 draft, I believe. And then uh, about a month after that, he got assigned to the ACL, um, played a little bit there, was walking a ton, clearly to advance given how much collegiate experience he has at the high D1 level. And then a week after that, he gets assigned to Myrtle. Now he's in Myrtle and he's walking a ton again. So... Both those guys, I like combining them just because they have very different paths, obviously, Casey with the high school circuit and uh, Franklin with a ton of college experience. But they both have similar profiles. They're both based off of on-base percentage. They're really good at managing the zone and getting on base. And uh, 
I think that maybe is something the Cubs are targeting potentially in terms of just being able to convert some of these guys, have higher floor guys to mix in with some of the huge upside that they acquired at the deadline. Yeah. So speaking of that, I just included Casey in one of my minor league reports this past yeah. week. And he had just got called up, as you know, of course, to Myrtle Beach. So he hasn't been there that long. But when I was looking um, at his stats in the uh, Arizona League, did you notice, Lance, his on base 478? His yeah. OPS over a thousand. I had to like, I said that before. I had to quadruple check that. I'm like, oh, 470? Am I looking at his slug? Am I looking I at know. something else? It's funny, right before we went on with the interview, and I think even at the beginning of the interview, he was like, I was in the complex for a while. And he said it in a way that was like, I thought it was going to be called earlier. And I was like, I, I was too. Like, we're looking at these stats. It's like, you're clearly too advanced for the level. You don't need to be here for body maturation. Like, he's, he's a built kid. Like, I don't expect him to put on another 20 pounds. Like, I, I just, I was, I was surprised. But I mean, it's, it's validation that he should have been up potentially a little bit earlier. But obviously, those decisions are made by the Cubs. And, you know, they have internal things that they're, they're going off of. But I mean, 20% walk rate, a homer, and he's, he's not striking out a ton as a 19-year-old at this level. Like, he, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just push him to South Bend next year out the gate and uh, backfill, backfill Myrtle with some other uh, outfielders, honestly. Yeah, and if people are wondering, 6'4", um, would you say about 190 still? This is kind of what I'm looking at. For yeah, I'd say, he's, I'd say he's probably 200 plus. I feel like those, those weights okay. are always like 15 pounds short. Those, yeah, this, I, he's I really wouldn't know. I just I yeah. read it, and I'm like, sure, you look 190. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for sure. So I, cause when I was looking at his numbers and stuff for that report, um, basically you look at it and you just think he's a stud right now and he's really coming into his own. And I bring him up, not just because he's top of mind, but also to your point, um, I think there were some, not a lot of questions he's thought to move forward like this, but because he didn't have a lot of pro experience or even upper level experience, um, prior to this, just, he hadn't seen a lot of baseball because of COVID and all of that. Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, it's, it's, I, it's one of those things. Like, I think also he got off to a really slow start at extended spring from a scout I talked to. So a lot of people initially were kind of almost off him. We're yeah. like, Hmm, I'm not really sure what's going on. But then I think there was a small injury that he was dealing with. And then I think there's probably like, you could probably split that complex league or extended stats. I don't think are public, but I'm sure if you took the, the aggregate of everything and you looked at the extended, there's probably a point at which you're like, okay, he's heating up. He's probably healthy now. So, um, that, that's kind of my impression as to maybe why he was held down there, maybe why people were off him initially, but sure. it's looking good right now. Yeah, for sure. So far, um, progressing nicely and same too with Franklin. Yeah, absolutely. And someone else. So you're looking at Casey as the Cubs number nine prospect, uh, Franklin, the Cubs 21st ranked prospect, and then the Cubs um, 13th ranked prospect. I want to ask you about DJ hers. He was um, promoted to South Bend. Um, and then now he's a lefty pitcher. Uh, out of high school, North Carolina. And I want now for you to really tell me more about him um, because of just what you've been seeing down there and and through all your, your travels. Absolutely. Yeah. We did a demo with him too. We did a pitch groups demo, which I've been meaning and wanting to do for a while to get some demo reps. And this was, he's a great kid. Um, He's from Fayetteville. And I think the key thing to note is that, you know, he's been stretched out a little as the season's gone on and his last start, in Myrtle was in Fayetteville, um, his oh, hometown. Wow. And he had like a bunch of family there. Um, he just was kind of like glowing when he was talking about it. He's just like, it was like, I, I mean, I, I imagine in Myrtle, like they, they draw pretty well here, especially during the summer and stuff. But right now the kids just went back to school. So it's not as busy here, but, sure. but that he said that that crowd was insane. Like the, the stands were right by the bullpen. So he had a bunch of family there. They were all cheering him on. And then 
he said like the moment for him that stood out was like when he was coming off the mound like he even got an ovation from like Fayetteville like the opposing team was like uh, happy for him because obviously it was his hometown and he absolutely shoved he threw five in the third I think he <laughs> came nine his best start of the year by a mile if you look at his, his game log and stuff and he's he's obviously like a pretty advanced pitcher he's got advanced feel he's fastball curveball change um just saying change the change of grip to like a bit of a Vulcan which I guess if you're on video it's like you're, sp- yeah. you're splitting it between your middle and your ring finger as opposed to going with like the classic Kyle Hendricks three finger change circle change so um He's, he's advanced. He's really fun to talk to. He knows what he's doing on the mound. Uh, the vertical movement on the fastball is really good, so it's going to live up in the zone pretty well, I think, which is one of the reasons why I, I like him. I had him as honorable mention on my list, so um, I just want to see a little more development from him. He's really, really young, but it's great that he's pushed up to high A. Um, I'm very interested to see what he fares against those hitters because it seemed like he definitely hit a groove here in the last couple of starts, especially on the strikeout side. But uh, he's got a huge leg kick off the mound, too, which is fun. He's just, he's a fun kid. He's really nice. He's tapped into what he's doing. Um, it was really cool to talk through grips with him. And uh, I'm excited to see him at South Bend. I think it's going to be pretty good exposure. Did he explain why he does that changeup grip? You know, I think it's actually a Cubs internal thing. And I tweeted about oh, okay. this because um, I noticed it's funny. We talked to Caleb Killian, who came over from the San Francisco Giants in the Chris Bryant trade. And Caleb said that he just switched to the Vulcan. And then I also, I've also talked to Mac, talked, excuse me, with Max Bain at South Bend a couple of times that he switched to a Vulcan early this year. So I think it's like, not, not to get super in the weeds, but some guys can spin better than they can pronate. So if they spin better, they have more affinity for things like curveballs and sliders, where if they pronate better, they have a little bit more affinity for things like changeups. And the ones who can do both are generally like the Max Scherzers and, you know, Kyle Hendricks of the world really are the, the elite pitchers. So I think in theory, the idea is that having that Vulcan grip almost helps you pronate. It forces your hand to pronate. So if you're not particularly adept at it, it'll allow you to kind of create a better changeup. So my guess is that the Cubs like that. If they see a guy with a changeup, the profile, and that's just not that good, they're just like, just go to Vulcan and try it and just throw like a fastball, let the grip do the, as you hear all the time with changeups, just throw like a fastball, let the grip and your finger, the weaker fingers on the ball kind of kill spin, so to speak. So that's my theory on it. You'd have to talk to someone higher in the Cubs work to be able to confirm, but <laughs> I'm, I'm relatively confident that's probably the you reason. You have a lot of the information, though, lads. Lads, you really do your digging. <laughs> so it's good stuff. Yeah, DJ's a good kid. I'm really excited to see him at higher levels, and we're excited to see that demo go up. I think that's airing on the September 3rd, this Friday. So feel free to check that out, marqueesportsnetwork.com. Awesome. If you watch pregame show. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye out for that. And we're also going to keep an eye out now for a couple uh, getting back to Myrtle Beach and some of the prospects there. Um, So we mentioned Ed Howard, Ed Ed Howard, and how Mm -hmm. we have an interview with him. Before we get to that, I want to ask you about him and Jordan Wogu, because I didn't realize that they have, uh, sounds like a pretty close relationship, even despite the age gap and experience and the things that may separate them, they have a lot in common. They get along well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think the interesting thing there is that they both almost had similar trajectories this year where they both started pretty slow um, acclimating to their first season of pro ball, especially after having COVID year and stuff where it's like, I, I I can't imagine really what they did. And and Wogu was super, he just was so, I I just want to say he was just real. Like he was realistic in terms of talking about how much of a struggle it is. Like, I think one of the quotes from the interview was like, there are days where you wonder whether this is what you want to do. You know what I mean? And I was like, man, you know, it's like, I can't imagine the grind is just insane for them. And it seems like they've really fed off each other. I I think the roommates, you know, buddy Bailey, the manager down here at Myrtle lifer baseball lifer was talking. And I asked about that relationship and, and he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many car rides they've had that have been 
that they've talked to each other early in the season because they weren't playing well, you know? So <laughs> well, I was laughing at that, but I mean, it's, he's, they're both, they're both super tapped into what they're doing. You know, they seem to be, be able to bounce stuff off each other. They seem to both healthy, help each other too. That, that collegiate and high school dynamic, I always find interesting for guys. Um, but they're both super tapped into what they're doing. You know, the relationship's really good. And I think that they might ascend together, which I imagine will help them on the mental side. And I asked Wogu, like, what percent of hitting is mental? You know, because he seemed to really tap into that side more so yeah. than maybe mechanic stuff he's adjusting. And he, he like, kind of wide-eyed and was like, I think after a certain point, it all is mental. And I was yeah. like, I can totally see that, especially if you've refined your swing to the point where there's really nothing that they're exposing you with in the minor leagues at this level, for example. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's all literally just gaining confidence. And we've seen that with Ed Howard of late. I think he's he didn't start last night, so prior to last night which would been would have been september 2nd uh after starting the season slow i think he's had hits in 12 of his last 14 um mm. he's on like a five six game hitting streak right now i imagine he'll play tonight i think it was just a standard off day on thursday the second of september so um i'm really excited to see him kind of progress i think everyone in the cubs or yeah. is really excited to see some production here as the season closes out because it, it, it'd be rough i mean i'm met, talking about the mental side i imagine it'd be rough mentally if you go the entire year without a hot streak so if yeah. he can end on a hot streak and ride that into the offseason. We talked to him, and he wasn't exactly sure what he's going to do this offseason in terms of where he's going to go. But um, I imagine just coming out of this season with a solid, you know, if he's if he's 300 average, 400 OBP, or something around that realm for the last month of the season, I, I can't imagine like the confidence that that's going to give him is insane. And and Wogu on the first night we got here Tuesday, which would have been the 31st of August, hit a home run, his first home run of August on the last day of August. And yeah. he did like a little hop step off the box. And I talked to him about that at bat. And he was like, the confidence it gives you to do that after struggling for so long is just incredible. And so that, that mental side was really fun to talk to both of them about. And it seems like they really kind of almost vibe off each other to help them help each of them. And if I recall, Woku had a very good July. He cooled off in, mm -hmm. uh, in August. And then yep. now, of course, it seems like maybe he's back on track in September. Yep. And just one more note before we get to more on Howard, um, that cerebral side of him. We were talking before we started the podcast, and you mentioned that I didn't realize. So Wogu is finishing his Michigan degree. Very, very smart guy. And these aren't just like your average classes. I mean, no. that's probably what he was telling you about his, his studies. Yeah, I think so. He said, I think he has, he has a semester and a half left. I wasn't particularly clear as to whether he's finishing all that this off season. Sure. I imagine maybe a section of it and then maybe doing some more or whatever, but um, yeah, I think it's taking a comp sci class. I think he's a computer engineering major, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, maybe computer science major. Um, but yeah, he's very, very deliberate in how he thinks. Um, uh, Sam, the broadcaster down here was mentioning that, you know, he's reading it. He was just reading, a ton of books during the season to try to get himself like locked back in mentally and such. And I was joking with him that he could help some of the video coordinators down here use Python, which is one of the coding softwares that all the baseball nerds Probably, use. So, yeah. And he's, he like nodded he's like, yeah, I know exactly what that is. So it's like, of course <laughs> you do. Cause you're, you're incredibly <laughs> intelligent. So you could probably build it and code he it. Could, yeah. He's crazy too. Cause he's like, I think he's six, three, I'd say he's maybe two thirty, two forty. He's huge. He's a yeah, huge, huge man. Guy. And his speed is insane. Like mm -hmm. he runs, as if he's smaller. Like I always have, sure. I always think those guys who are large like him and are able to have the incredible explosion you're able to have to run at a plus speed, a plus major league speed is just, it's incredible. It doesn't look like he's moving fast, but he is, he is fast in the outfield. He's fast on the bases. Um, he's an impressive athlete. Like I, he could have played tight end somewhere probably if he wanted yeah. to. He's yeah, just he was, he exactly he's super interesting. Football, walk, walked on. 
uh, yeah. and, and earned himself an academic scholarship. So that pretty much sums up everything yep. that we were just talking about. So Wogu, a great story and Howard, a great story and, you know, a local kid. So out of Mount mm -hmm. Carmel High School, uh, you had a chance to catch up with his high school coach, Coach Hurry. Uh, not only does he have a special message that we're going to hear about later directly for Howard, but you were able to sit down with him. Um, so first, Lance, let's take a listen to that interview with Coach Hurry. I'm joined now by Coach Brian Hurry of Mount Carmel High School. Very excited to chat with him about one of his alumni, Ed Howard. Ed Howard, incredible player, now playing with the Class A Myrtle Beach Pelicans in the Cubs organization. Uh, coach Hurry, I want to ask you a very direct question off the top. What did Ed teach you about being a coach? You know, I think, you know, when I look back on Ed's career, Ed, Ed was one of the few players that, that I've had in my, you know, I'm now 24, 25 years here at Mount Carmel that was on the varsity for all four years. So. Uh, being around Ed a lot, um, you know, what I think that I learned, you know, by the time he left here, having a player um, of his maturity, of his intelligence was more to lean on my team leaders to get messages out to the team, um, a little bit more freedom on, on the field um, to direct defenses, things like that. Um, you know, so just, you know, depend, you know, leaning on more of the leaders to, to take control of the team um, and get the messages from the coaching staff, kind of like an extension of the coaching staff type of thing. Um, Ed was for us and um, and he taught you know some of the younger guys to be that now what kind of leader was he oh I mean Ed you know the way I look at it Ed was not only our most talented player um, he was our best competitor and our hardest worker so when you're when your best and most talented player is your hardest worker and your best competitor you're always going to have a chance to win a championship and that and that was the case during Ed's four years here um, and that's kind of you know his legacy here that he's left behind um, with some of the guys that, that are now juniors and seniors. What do you miss most about his presence on the team? You know, again, I would say, you know, um, you know, our baseball program, there's a culture here. Um, Ed contributed greatly to that culture with uh, his leadership, his confidence. I mentioned just a few minutes ago how hard he worked. Um, again, besides his talent, there was no way anyone was going to outwork him. Um, you know, when the other guys on, in, on the team and the younger guys in the program we're able to witness how hard, you know, he's grinding it out at six in the morning, um, really getting after it. You know, that that type, um, you know, of attitude work, I think, becomes contagious to the entire program. Um, and that's what I miss most is his leadership, his presence, um, and all the things that he did. How about his on-field on play? How would you describe him as a player? You know what, like, like I said, he um, he's one of the few guys that I've had that um, – was on the varsity, you know, pretty much all four years. Uh, and looking back, just some of the um, um, electrifying defensive plays uh, that he made, and he, and, he, and he made it look so easy and so smooth. Um, you know, I would joke with him sometimes after the game about, you know, that play you made in the fourth, uh, unbelievable what a play you made it look smooth. But Ed and I both knew, you know, there were countless of, of drill work that he did with his feet and cone drills and things like that um, that allowed him to, to make it, look so easy uh, and, and we would always joke you know people come out and they see you make these plays and um, not everyone realizes oh you know all the hard work that went into um, him being able to make plays in the way that he did but um, he was really at times a highlight reel here. What's your communication like with him now? You know you know we we, we exchange texts here and there um, um, he's on uh, group thread with some some of his teammates that are also in professional baseball so we just you know, exchange messages. It's not always about baseball. Um, we check in on, you know, how things are going in life, um, you know, out off the field. 
uh, minor league baseball, you know, is a grind in these small towns. So um, we, we talk every, you know, couple of weeks or so, just, just how things are going and, um, you know, just trying to keep, keep them up, keep them positive and, you know, just uh, reminding them to keep having fun and trying to get a little bit better every day. You talked to us off air a little bit about a story where an, uh, an individual kid you said was wearing a Mount Carmel t-shirt at a Myrtle Beach Pelicans game and, and Ed uh, went up to him, took a picture with him and they shared with you. Uh, can you recount that story briefly if I, if I got it remotely correct? And just what did that mean to you about him saying, I guess, that, uh, that like Mount Carmel is always a part of him? What does that mean to you as a coach and, and to the organization as a whole? Yeah, so what we were talking about offline uh, before we started the interview is um, and sometime in July, um, there was a family from the Chicago area here um, that has uh, an eighth grade son that um, is, is hopefully going to attend Mount Carmel as a baseball player. They were in Myrtle Beach on vacation uh, and they decided to go take in a game. Um, after the game, um, Ed happened to notice the Mount Carmel t-shirt uh, in the stands and he graciously came over and um, talked to the family, you know, signed some autographs. I even think the family uh, said he gave, Ed gave him the batting gloves. Um, so I got a phone call immediately from the dad, just so impressed with, um, you know, how nice and how respectful Ed was to his wife and, and kids. So of course, you know, I, I shot Ed a text, you know, thanking him. And um, he's like, of course, coach, any, anything from Mount Carmel, um, you know, but, but that's Ed, you know, shortly after he got drafted in the first round, I, I do a summer camp here for grammar school um, boys. And it was probably two or three weeks after he got drafted, he was still on shutdown um, due to COVID. So he was not sent to a, um, a minor league facility. You know, Ed came out here for two hours and talked to the kids, signed autographs and, um, and did all those types of things. But that, that is just Ed, you know, he just, you know, he didn't have to do that. Um, but that's just, I feel like how, how he's always going to be. And he's staying true to the person he's been since I met him when he was in sixth or seventh grade. Is there a memory from his time at Mount Carmel that stands out to you now? You know, I, there's, there was so many, so many great games. Um, I think if, if you ask Ed, it, it's probably going to be uh, from his sophomore year against St. Lawrence. We, uh, we fell behind um, in extra innings. Of, uh, St. Lawrence scored four on us in the eighth in extra innings. Uh, we came back. Uh, one of Ed's teammates hit a grand slam to tie it. Uh, so now we got two outs and Ed's up. Ed grinds out at a bat, like a seven, eight pitch at bat, gets a base it up the middle. Uh, he, he steals second base against a really good catcher. And then his teammate drove him in and we walked it off. Um, so that's a memory that, that Ed and I are always going to share. Um, we absolutely have many. His sophomore year, we were invited to the National High School Invitational in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, and we, we got to experience that together. And um, just so many, so many. I, uh, I've known Ed since he's about sixth or seventh grade. So, um, but probably the, the one in North, uh, against St. Lawrence would be the one that um, stands out to me. Is there, is there an off-field memory that stands out to you? I would say off the field is just, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this too, is, is, is watching him train. You know, school starts here at 8 o'clock and in the off-season months, you know, three, four days a week, we get here at 6 in the morning and, and we work. So I, I think off the field, just, you know, witnessing him putting the time in, seeing him want to be great, and just sweating it out, the sweat pouring off his face in the weight room at 6.30 in the morning, um, and then having to go through, you know, a full day of his academics, his classes. He was a great student. Um, so off the field, just seeing him put in all the hard work to be the best he could be, be the champion that he is, is, is what stands out to me. 
Coach Harry, we really appreciate the time. Thanks for making it. Um, this okay. was great. Yeah, I hope, hope this is great, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing the finished product. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With Cubs checking, you'll score a Cubs debit card so you can show your support every time you pay. Open today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. Lance, so they're talking to Coach Hurry. What was your biggest takeaway after speaking to him? I think how much appreciation he had for how mature Ed was on the field and off the field on the field being getting there at six o'clock sweating through workouts as a high school kid and then off the field just giving back to the organization the Mount Carmel varsity baseball team and I think uh, I think there was a story in there where he was talking about you know there's a kid who came to Myrtle to Mount Carmel sure and Ed interacted with the kid and then it's just that relationship and how professional Ed is and on and off the field is just it's it's very apparent when you talk to Ed and especially when you talk to, to Coach Curry. You just they just both exude it. They both like Curry exudes the appreciation for Ed Howard for being very mature. And then you talk to Ed and you're like, yeah, I get it, you know. So that's it's awesome. And you know, Ed just kind of set the scene. We we wanted yeah. to show Ed Howard uh just like a 40 second, 30 second message from Coach Curry as if Coach Curry is talking to Ed. So at the end of that interview right there, which you're not hearing, what you're gonna hear in the Ed Howard interview is is Hurry just kind of giving Ed a little bit of a motivational message that Ed didn't know about. So we were hoping to kind of get a bit of an emotional reaction from him. And we think it worked. So uh it was a cool little experience to to see his coach. They text, but it doesn't seem like they, you know, he hasn't seen been back there since March, I think Ed told us. So it's it's as long as he's been away from home, it's been a while. Um so I get back to that mental side. Like I managed a ton of adjustments for him, but he's a really mature kid. And I imagine he's, you know, we see with how locked in he is now that he's getting through it. I think that will shine in your sit down with Ed Howard. So the moment you've been waiting for, you had to listen to this whole podcast to get this point, <laughs> it's worth it. Here's your sit down with Howard. I'm really excited to be joined by Ed Howard, the Cubs 2020 first round pick from the first year player draft. Ed, you've spent the whole season in Myrtle Beach here. A little bit of struggle initially, but now you've got hits in 12 of your last 14. You're really starting to lock in. What adjustments have you made? Um, just honestly learning more about my own swing, you know, figuring it out, um, simplifying my approach. I feel like lately I've been seeing the ball better and kind of um, just trying to be simple, work the other way a lot more, and I've been getting results with it. And I think the hardest part is just trying to, you know, figure out and, and be consistent with everything, and I think I'm getting better with it. So just being patient and, and keep learning every day, good or bad, like just learn from it, and, and that's what's helped me. And I, you know, I believe myself. I know I can hit, and um, it's starting to show a little bit, and I'm just keep going with it. How different is the pitching between Class A here uh, compared to, say, so the showcase circuit or even some of what you saw in high school? Is it a big difference? Have you had to adjust? Uh, definitely, I would say from high school. Like over in the Midwest, um, like the velos, the velocity, you won't see as, um, as high back at home in high school. Uh, when I was on a national circuit though last summer though, you see some guys who throw hard, you know, 95 sometimes and, and upper 90s, but not too much of it. So I was used to like in high school about 85 to 88 mostly. And um, now you get down here, a lot of guys 90 to 93. So it's a little different, but like you said, I've been here the whole year. So I've been adjusting to it and getting used to it. How about your mentality, your mental approach, and honestly like your mental health throughout this season, it's probably been a lot of yeah. down <laughs> just into the first year. You know, yeah. how have you fared? And I guess, what have you leaned on? Maybe who have you leaned on for help? Yeah, it's been a roller coaster, a lot of ups and downs, but you know, family, family in a close circle, you know, close friends that I have, those people always help you. You know, you can always talk to them, um, good or bad after games. So. You know, those people really helped me in, like, long seasons like this. One person we were talking to is Jordan Wogu. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you guys, I believe, live together and drive in together and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, how much of a supporter has he been? And how interesting has it been to almost have that collegiate dynamic mixed with your high school dynamic? Yeah, it's huge. You know, he's he's had a little more experience. He's been to college, you know what I mean? He's he's played the game a long time. And, um, 
like I said, we live together. We're at the field together, so I'm around them like literally every day, and we're going through like the same thing, you know, grinding through the season. So, um, you know, we talk a lot just about the mental things, how to stay, you know, positive and keep going, you know, good or bad. Just, um, just kind of how to deal with everyday struggles and playing this game because it's a challenging game, you know what I mean? But when you got a bunch of guys that's all going through it, you know, you can always talk to each other and lean on each other and um, get through it. How much does it mean to you that one day you could potentially be playing for your hometown team, the Chicago Cubs? That's everything. That's that's literally the goal. You know, that's why we work hard every day and, and keep pushing no matter what because that's, that's where I want to be and that's where I will be. You know what I mean? So I just keep grinding every day and, and keep getting better, keep learning. Love it. We have a little bit of a surprise for you, actually. So uh, we connected with a certain individual. We want to show you a little video <laughs> of what he sent to you. Uh, so we're going to have you watch it. <laughs> uh, the sound should be there. Uh, hey, Ed, I just uh... – was asked to send you a message. Uh, I know we talked a few weeks ago through text, but you know, if I had to give you any advice now, Ed, it would just be never change. You know, just be you. Um, I know that you know you're in pro ball now, and you know there's the, there's the business side of it, of course. But you know, I hope that you you always remember to have fun, uh, stay humble, be a great teammate, um, and just enjoy and soak up you know every minute of it. You know, know that you belong. You know that you belong. There's going to be some peaks and valleys. Um, but you're going to fight through all that adversity uh, and have fun. And I can't wait to see you, uh, you know, when you get back home, we all miss you back in Chicago. <laughs> Coach Terry, man, I, I love that man. You know, um, he's taught me so much. Like being at Mount Carmel, you know, he he's really the definition of just being a grinder. You know what I mean? Working hard and battling adversity, you know, always staying positive. So like a message like that just reminds me of where I come from. You know what I mean? And I'm glad he got to say that, you know, keep pushing. And I will. Absolutely. Uh, he talked about your work ethic and so many other things glowingly about like, you as a person as well as a player and like the impact you've had on other people at Mount Carmel, other kids. I know that he gave us a story that there's a kid here with a Mount Carmel t-shirt, I believe. I think it was early July, early June, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. And, you know, just hit the dad of the kid called coach and was like, I'm so impressed with Ed and stuff. Like, how much is it, how much does it mean to you to be like that figure off the field as well as on? Yeah, that's important. Just being a good person, a good human. I mean, if you can help somebody and make their day and make them smile, why not? You know what I mean? Just, I just always try to be that way. Just be a good person regardless. Regardless of what's going on on the field. When I lead the field and I'm on my free time and things like that, just just be a good, positive person. You know what I mean? That kid traveled out here because he looks up to me and wanted to watch me. You know, I remember when I was a young kid and I saw players that was older than me that I liked. You know what I mean? So it's never a problem. I will always take a picture and, and autographs or whatever it is because um, why not make somebody's day? You did a lot of stuff with the Players Alliance as well this offseason in December. I believe it was a pull-up neighbor program. Uh, talk about that a little bit, your interactions with Jason Hayward, Nico Horner, and you almost being incorporated into that group of Chicago figures of baseball at this yeah. age. Yeah, I got to be around those guys um, and do some events with them. Um, it was pretty cool to see, you know, um, everything they do and to be able to give back a little bit. You know what I mean? Those things just make me feel good. I like doing things like that. And um, being around Nico Horner and Hayward, you get to talk to them a little bit. Um, see kind of how their mindset is, how they carry themselves. And it was just a good good experience for me, just kind of get used to those type of guys. Do you still communicate with those guys now? I do. I do. Every now and then there will be a text message here and there. But, um, you know, they're still they're playing their seasons. They're grinding and same with me. You know, every night I'm out here playing too. So both busy and all, but definitely like over the offseason, probably get back in touch with them more. Absolutely. Is there a piece of advice that Coach Hurry gave you during your high school career that kind of stuck with you to now? Uh, I just, when I think of Coach Harry, I just think of always working hard, just being a grinder. You know, I'll work everybody and trust your work at the end of the day. You know, the work you put in will always show, and that's just kind of how I like to, to go about it. You know what I mean? That's why 
I don't really, I don't have any doubt in me about hitting, about playing this game at a high level because the work I put in, I know it'll show. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's only a matter of time. And as you can see, it's, it's already starting to come, come together. And um, like you said, keep working hard, and I'm gonna keep going. Absolutely. He gave us a little bit of information too that your your sister, your older sister, is a was it was a collegiate bowler. Yeah. And he told us that you're a bowler as well. <laughs> uh, who's the better athlete in the family? I guess that's the big question. Uh, <laughs> I'm always say me. I think I'm the better athlete. But now my my sister, she can really bowl. She bowled a 300 in high school, so it's really impressive what she can do. She definitely is better bowler than me. So. <laughs> I'm going to give her that, and uh, I don't know, she's a pretty good athlete too. You said you rely on your family a lot in that, that close circle. Uh, what's been their consistent advice through the season as you've gone through up and downs? Um, honestly, just, just talking to them, just, just reminding myself of home, you know, keeping me positive. That's the main thing, just stay positive throughout the whole season. Um, and, like, they just, they just motivate me. You know, my parents, they're awesome, man. I, I love those people to death, and they, they, just, they just keep me going, you know what I mean? So I'm glad I have a great support system that I can always count on. Absolutely. Looking into the offseason now, uh, where are you going to work out? Are you heading back home? What are kind of the plans, I guess, developmentally for you? I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be in Chicago or, or like an Arizona or something like that. Um, I, I have to figure that out, talk to my, my parents, my agency, um, wherever I can get the best work. That's where I'll be. So we'll have to figure that out. Absolutely. And let's finish this with a, a pretty general question. But what are Cubs fans getting in you as a player? You're getting, I, I'll be honest with you, you're getting a player that can do everything. I think I can be a positive player on defense and offensively. You know what I mean? I think I can hit for power, hit for contact. I think I can pick it. I think I can steal bases and run. Um, I just think I can do a little bit of everything. And it's just all about putting it all together and keep keep growing as a player. And, um, you know, I'll get there. I'll get there. I know I will. So I'm excited for myself. I'm excited for the future. You know what I mean? And I'm just keep grinding and keep going. Appreciate your time at town. I know Coach Uri uh, extends uh, his gratitude for your, your impact on the organization and such. And uh, we really appreciate you. We're excited to see you grow through the no Cubs problem. system. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So, Lance, I have to tell you, and this is exactly what you were talking about before the interview, that maturity that really sticks out to me. Um, for one player, Jordan Wicks, I always say that about his maturity. Um, but then in seeing this interview, I felt the same way about Howard and the way he carried himself. Absolutely. I think that mental, that mental, I guess, acuity or whatever word you want to use is so important. I just think it's something that, you know, scouts have a difficulty understanding, especially during COVID where the interactions with the players yeah. are tougher and it, it could really be like a deal breaker on guys. And I feel like the Cubs have multiple players in the system where that, that mental maturity is far beyond their years. And I think, I think you see that with Ed. And I like to always as a baseball player, you have to be so in tune with yourself and and be able to be honest with yourself and it seems like the reason he's been able to progress is because he has self-evaluated he was talking about the changes to his swing just needing to simplify and I feel like going from the high school level to making this jump to the minors it it can't be uncommon right to have these thoughts adjustments that's what he's going to be doing his career yeah so it's totally true and I mean he mentioned in the interview too that close circle and I think yeah. that that's probably helped him like that's super important um and he's very like I feel like he's a smart enough kid to know that you have to have that close circle, you know, with his family. Like we, we talked a little bit about his sister being collegiate bowler and yeah, obviously strong family. It's so point. cool. Like <laughs> good family ties. And like, he clearly has a support system that helps him, you know, and I think that's incredibly important. It's a game changer for most guys to have as, as strong of a system as he has that dates back or that, that goes back to Mount Carmel in Illinois. And I just, for Cubs fans, I just think that's awesome. Like the, the hometown element is so cool to see. It's just, the ties and like hopefully as he makes it through the, the minor league system and up to the majors, he just, you know, that fulfillment, I think for just the city of Chicago and Illinois in general to potentially see him on the field is just it's awesome. It's so cool.
And I love how when you asked him who's the better athlete, yeah. Like, I think I am. I love it. I love it. I thought he was gonna defer. He's a better bowler. So you gotta like the honesty there. And just to wrap it up, Lance on Howard, tell me um how you see him moving forward. Cause you have gotten a lot of close looks at these guys and you're keeping track of them very closely. Mm-hmm. And so how do you see Howard kind of moving forward now? Yeah, it's interesting. I think defensively, they've actually moved him to second a little bit um, okay. because of Kevin Mate, who is another international prospect that's kind of flown through the system. Mate is an incredibly aggressive swinger, uh, charged his last three days or two days, and he's just he's seeing like two or three pitches in that bat. He's just swinging, but he has a really good feel for contact, so it's resulting in a, like a high average and everything. But I think Howard's a little bit more approach based. Like I think that the the profile of him might be a little more based on a base percentage. Um, I do think he's having a little bit of issue right now with like with in-zone contact, which is something that I think could be very quickly corrected. Um, I would imagine that that might be one of the kind of key performance indicators that they're going to track is how well he's doing in the zone. Because I think he has an ability to lay off spin outside of the zone, which is incredibly important. It's just, it seems like that contact in the zone is something that they're going to maybe try to adjust or just give him more reps. That might really be it. Like he was drafted in 2020, didn't have too much development with COVID. And it's, we've seen this with a lot of guys where like he might just need more time at Myrtle He's young enough where it's not going to ruin his timeline. It's not like he's going to be too old for the level, which is always something that kind of scouts throw their eyebrows out and stuff. But yeah, I think, I think, I think I'd love to see what they do off season with him. And I wouldn't be shocked if he comes into next year with like a very refined approach. Um, it'd be great to see him up at South Bend to start next year. Maybe, maybe they send him to Myrtle for a little bit longer and then he goes to South Bend. I, I think that it's kind of to be determined. And I think he said that too, in terms of us asking him what he's going to do in the off season, he's not sure. And I think that that's fine. Like, we don't really need to have a trajectory to some extent for a kid this young, uh, especially with how COVID is complicated development. It's just kind of sit back and wait. And like, he's mature enough. I think to know to make adjustments and it's just a matter of when they come. And then from there they'll progress. Worst comes to worst. He's up like a year after and he's still 23 or when he's debuting, right. you know what I mean? Or 22. It's, he's going to be really young. He's a high school yeah. kid. So I think a lot of these high school kids just take a little time to get into a group. As the time and certainly seems to be growing and really I feel like a mom saying this, but growing up right in front of our eyes. <laughs> yeah. right? so, uh, Lance, always, always really, really great stuff. You're always so locked in with this and on top of it. And I can't say that enough because between that minor league report, um, that huge long list of your your prospects that you sent out to all the interviews yeah. you do stuff really good stuff and you can catch a lot of the interviews the demos that you're talking about all of that stuff on cubs live so keep it locked on marquee sports network this week next week uh just stay tuned because you're going to hear a lot about lance is talking about coming up in cubs live but as for the cubs weekly podcast that'll do it for this edition brought to you by Wintrust, of course don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on spotify or apple Podcasts. as always you can watch the full podcast on the Marquee Sports Network app or on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Elise Meneker. Lance, thank you as always.